Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the first podcast made just for media and marketing executives to help simplify the conversation about how offline attention drives online conversion. My name is Tim Rowe, and for the past three years, I've been interviewing industry experts for their unique insight into understanding this connection and the unique nuance required to create alchemy in the real world, blending marketing art and science to create memorable brand experiences that drive measurable impact. Today's recap is of episode 94 with Glenn Hopper, the author of Deep Finance and an MBA from Harvard who started his finance career in marketing as the lead on a low-budget product in a well-funded startup who had to fight for and rationalize every dollar he got, which ultimately led him down a career path to becoming a CFO. Glenn and I were strangers before preparing for and recording the episode, and we've become good friends since then. And the way I describe Glenn is, if your CFO could execute like your COO, that's Glenn. So hopefully that gives you a better sense of of who he is. He's a numbers guy who believes in operational excellence. And now he has become a prominent thought leader on back office automation in the context of finance and data, which let's pause there. Here it is again, this recurring theme of, I had no idea then that I'd be doing what I'm doing today, but it all makes sense now. It's a great reminder that you are on an amazing journey, so enjoy the ride. Glenn's book is available now on Audible, so I'll link to the Amazon and Audible listings in the show notes in case that interests you. I'm personally listening to the audiobook right now. It's filling in a lot of the gaps for me from the conversation with Glenn. So a couple of unique themes that popped out right away in re-listening and preparing for this is the importance of automating so that we can eliminate the risk of human error and ultimately so that we can add value back into the business by getting time back from often uh, the most valuable people who are manually inputting these things that we could otherwise automate. Some of the most common mistakes that Glenn talks about um, or, or scenarios where you could be prone for these types of uh, you know, um, error-making instances, if you will, or just being really primed for some automation is if you're sharing a spreadsheet to manage inventory and what's sold versus what's available, that's one of the most common scenarios Glenn said that he sees as being uh, the precursor for some of some of those uh, dangerous and uh, things occurring, but ultimately those being really good scenarios to get into some of the right tools and improve your business. Glenn talks about how we try to make the wrong tools work when we don't have the right tools um, and and all that ultimately leading to inefficiency and mistakes. There's probably something off the shelf. You just got to find out what's out there. Great resource for this is G2 Crowd. Um, there's lots of reviews on theirs with lots of different categories. So whether you're looking for an inventory management solution or a presentation software, if you're looking for something um, that's a little bit more purpose-built, you could check out G2 Crowd. It's a great directory of reviews from other entrepreneurs and business decision makers who are using products to solve some of the same problems that you might be. He says, uh, you know, in terms of where to start in making making things easy, adding value to the company through automation, that by really approaching your data and automating it, 
from if you if you approach it with this lens of hey if we can if we can make all of this information useful that's like having our own internal intellectual property uh, i i think that that was that was a really interesting theme is that obviously automation makes things easy but it can also add real financial value to the company as well um in terms of like evaluation or or as an additional asset for the company Automation leading to more data, having better data, which gives you an enhanced ability to report on and optimize additional pieces of your business. And to get there, it's really going six levels deep and identifying the end-to-end process and solving the pain points within that uh, within that process first. The six levels deep concept, I'm going to link to that as well. It's uh, It was covered in a podcast with uh, with Michael Lewis, who is the author of Six Levels Down. And it's this idea of to get to the person who's actually pulling the levers, that we can sit here and ideate and iterate and come up with all sorts of different ideas that sound really cool and look, look neat on a whiteboard, but you've got to talk to the people that are actually doing the work. Automate the pieces that are six levels deep. Go go that deep within your company. And technology automation, it's not to replace people. It's so that your people can do more. It's so that small teams can do more with less. It's so that scaling teams can scale faster, right? The technology, the automation, it's not to replace people. It's to enhance teams. So go six levels deep. If you're going to get into the, into the automation of your back end, of the back office, of the data, you got to talk to the folks that are actually pulling the levers and doing the things. Which is why the importance of having a scorecard in everything you do, that was another uh, another pillar that Glenn leaned into is the importance of having a scorecard for everything you do. It's something that I have personally for the podcast for doubleohired.com. Uh, the first free career marketplace for just for out of home. It's doubleohired.com. Um, I have a scorecard each week that I update with how many new users, how many new email subscribers. That's for on the job site side. I look at things like downloads and total time listened on the podcast side. Just a few key metrics. It's really just three things uh, for each of the different properties that I'm looking at. And, uh, and, and I can use that as a quick kind of barometer to see where I am and where I'm trending. So the importance of having a scorecard in everything you do, you want, you should want to be accountable because accountability creates value. There's a great breakdown in the episode on the difference between private equity and venture capital, which you're likely best set up for, uh, or which could be right for you depending on your circumstances. So I really encourage you to go back and listen to the full episode. That's in the show notes too. Uh, so you have a few things down there in the show notes already. Uh, but one of those things is going to be the full episode because this was a really great episode and Glenn does a much better job going through the differences uh, between private equity and VC than, than I will here, but I'll give you kind of the bullet point bullet point takeaways. Um, so private equity, they're really going to want to get under the hood, more conservative in, in the investment risk profile that they typically undertake. Really what they're looking for is like partial ownership in a founder-led business and ideally four to six years and they're out. 
So your business, you've got to be ready to go. You've got to have it together. They're looking for that. Who's the one that has it together? Who's set up to win the most in the next four to six years? And can the PE firm add value? Maybe you're a billboard plant and you've got really good assets, but you could be more valuable if we did insert fill in the blank here, right? Uh, We could be a really good company if we could just get the sales and marketing engine going because we're really, really good at fulfillment. So those are a few few different attributes there for, for private equity can be really quite popular in pen and paper industries because there's typically a few folks who've made the investment in things like back office automation and have an operational advantage. So PE really looks at at companies like that as potentially the lead company in an industry consolidation because with a few key acquisitions, you can start to roll up smaller, less efficient operators into a portfolio capitalize on economies of scale and really start to create a monopoly, which should be the goal of every entrepreneur to dominate their category. VCs don't necessarily get under the hood until typically a series A round. Um, they're getting in early. They're assuming way more risk, typically investing in an idea and a founding team. Um, but if you think about how many businesses really ever get past that stage of just an idea with a really good founding team. So you can start to see the differences there. And because the VCs typically get very favorable terms, it can be like roulette for them. They're kind of putting chips on a whole bunch of numbers, betting that one of them is going to hit. In terms of accessibility, private equity can be a little bit more approachable for, for smaller companies that um, that aren't coming up through the VC ranks. So there's some differences between the two different routes and, uh, and and good to go back and listen to the episode and hear Glenn explain all of it. A couple of emerging themes. One, we touched on in the open, on career development. Um, you know, Glenn thought that marketing was what he was going to do. He was managing those low-budget products, started hammering on the numbers to rationalize and justify his budget. Um, and then ultimately, that defaulted to him becoming the marketing numbers guy. And And Glenn talks about necessity being a great catalyst to accomplishing things. So it makes sense when you start to put the put the pieces on the table um, of how that all came to be. I also really liked this because it was something that Glenn brought up. Glenn, whose family owned car washes in Tennessee, he talks about his family car wash business. They had 12 car washes in Tennessee and they would use directional billboards and uh, and with some really funny, cheeky copy on it. And and Glenn talked about this, and so did Matt Raymond, who's the director um, of of digital from Team Auto Group. So two folks that are you know arguably on the outside of out of home, and really would be considered you know on the buy side, right? As customers, as advertisers, they've both used this theme that they love billboards because they feel grassroots. And I thought that that was a really uh, that was a powerful idea that's certainly emerged from outsiders as we've had these conversations. And billboards have that ability to be an extension of the business, to be an ambassador to the community. So whether you're a local car wash or a local car dealership or a big national brand, that that is one of the superpowers of billboards is the ability to feel grassroots uh, because you're in the neighborhoods, you're in the community. So. 
This was a lot of fun. This was a great recap to do. You've got a few links in the show notes. You've got the audible version of Glenn's book. You've got the Amazon link in case you're a reader or viewer, uh, viewer, listener, listener or reader. Um, we've also got the, the, the video. So there's a YouTube link in there. That's the sixth levels down from Michael Lewis. So if you're a viewer, uh, you can watch that. So there's a, there's another resource in there for you. And then a link back to the, uh, to the episode itself. As always, this episode was brought to you by doubleohire.com. That's O-O-H-I-R-E-D.com. We've got over 100 different job listings. I think it's up to like 140. I think we've got up to maybe 50 employers, international jobs. I mean, it's, it's really, really blown up over the last few weeks. So pretty exciting stuff. All right, I'm going to press stop so I can get this dropped. And well, see y'all next time.